0: Welcome. You're listening to the Grow Ortho podcast, presented by HIP. This podcast is dedicated to orthodontists who want to stand strong in their market and be leaders in their community. Now, on to today's show. So, Dr. Thomas, thanks for taking the time to come chat with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome place you all have here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to chat today and just about our partnership and, and growth and really just telling listeners viewers you know more about you and your story so kind of take us back to to residency and why you wanted to get into orthodontics and the dental
1: field what what did that look like for you so i grew up uh in mobile my dad's a pediatric dentist i always thought that you know my whole plan from like ninth grade on was to i'm gonna go to dental school and work with my dad one day and i did just went uh went to auburn and worked hard got a dental school in birmingham at uab and uh uh, worked hard and got into pediatric dentistry at UAB and did that. And about, I, you know, through dental school, you get exposed to different specialties. Uh, I always thought oral surgery was cool, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that. Um, and then just, you know, pedo just made sense because my dad was doing that. And now, yeah. you know, two years, go take over my dad's practice or work with him for a little while. You get exposed to a lot of orthodontics in pediatric dentistry, not so much in dental school, but... Uh, and from the diagnostic side, and I just started to get super interested in, mechanically in orthotics. It was, uh, it was mentally stimulating, you know, kind of like a puzzle, every case. Uh, so about halfway through pediatric dentistry, I started talking to some of my professors, started talking to some of the ortho professors, and that was around the time that I met my current partner, Keith Harvey. He was teaching uh, as an adjunct professor at UAB, uh, in the orthodontic department there, uh, he would drive up from Mobile to Birmingham twice a month and teach every other Monday. And uh, I, I didn't know him, but I knew who he was, and so I just introduced myself to him one day, and he was like, "Yeah, I know who you are, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know your dad, all stuff." And uh, so we started eating lunch together uh, pretty much every Monday that he was there. And I so I started picking his brain about ortho, and I told him I was interested, and he was, I was like, "I'm thinking about applying." You know, when, you know, have fun when we when we do it around here. Uh, and he's like, "heck yeah, that's a great idea." You know, uh, if you need any help, let me know, type thing. So uh, we just kind of struck up a friendship, and I ended up applying and uh, going through the match process and all that. And I had done two years of of pedo already, so I applied to a, hand, a couple of three year programs, but uh, ended up matching at, at Tufts University in Boston. And uh, that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Got married halfway through it uh, to my wife, who you guys met a minute ago. And uh, our my first year of marriage, we dated long distance. We met. Through, I was in Birmingham for six years and and dental school and residency, and uh, we met three weeks before I moved to Boston. I had already I had when I was applying and matching. Wow. We didn't know each other, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I met her three weeks before before I left Birmingham to move to Boston, and then she, yeah. We started dating long distance and got married uh, that summer after my first year in Boston. So it was, our first year of marriage was my second year of residency in Boston at Tufts, and uh, it was just great. It was like a long honeymoon in such a cool city up there, yeah. and uh, we love visiting Boston now, just going back. Uh, so that's kind of how I got interested in North there. I think Pedo kind of opened my eyes to it, and um, my dad was highly supportive of that. I you know, talked to him about it, and he uh He'd always kind of been interested in ortho too. Uh, so he encouraged it. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to ask. What was yeah, his yeah, thought? He, yeah, so yeah. Uh, leaving him a little bit, but not, not really. We, yeah. uh, we have a good kind of sister practice. And we still, uh, one of our ortho locations is in one of his, is in his, his building with, with Pedo. So it's like a duplex and, and half ortho, half Pedo. That's awesome. So I do get to see him when I work there. Yeah. But uh, so um, that was kind of the transition from from Pedo to ortho. Um, and then so so I got done with ortho in Boston at Tufts and immediately moved to Mobile and went in with Dr. Harvey. We had stayed in touch throughout the whole time Mm. uh, and went in with him, and we became, uh, I think I was an associate for, uh, it was was a short associateship period because we already kind of knew each other, uh, knew a lot about each other, so uh, it was a six-month period, and then we we became partners uh, in that, you know, at the end of that first year, I guess, Um, or, well... Technically became partners uh, after the end of that six months, but uh, 2016 was was our partnership start. Um, then we just we opened a new all. We you know there was a that duplex where my dad is was originally an ortho practice, and that orthoist moved out. It was just vacant space. Mm. And so when I was talking to Dr. Harvey along the way, I was like, man, it'd be a good idea. We just put an ortho practice in that building because he had a practice. Uh, you know, it was the uh, it it's a great practice. It's It was probably the, the average orthotic practice in the United States, one doctor, one location. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not enough room for two of us for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so we were like, we got to grow. So we opened a new one in, in my dad's duplex building and re-outfitted that original side with an ortho practice like it had been designed for originally. And uh, that's kind of how we got it started. That's awesome. Yeah. It kind
0: of reminds me of
1: my yeah. story because I moved to New York.
0: Yeah. My wife was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. We started dating and then, you know, left the city and came back to, to where I was from. So that's really yeah. cool. Um, you know, you say, you know, Boston was awesome. You guys go back and visit. Like, what was it like kind of moving from the south up north and that transition?
1: Interesting, yeah. Well, I finished pedo <laughs> on a Friday and started ortho in Boston on a Monday. So my mom and one of her buddies are uh, super helpful in that move. Uh I had interviewed all around uh, Midwest, you know out west and around the south and uh, I thought culturally surprisingly, uh, Boston was such a great fit for me. Mm. Uh, a lot of my co-residents who I had met there in, in the class ahead of me were were a lot like me yeah. and uh, so I was super excited to go there. Um, it was it was a very easy transition for me. Uh, I socially I really hit it off and still stay in touch with all my classmates right. from there yeah baseball fan uh yeah oh man i got an incredible baseball story from that uh yeah what, what is it as well uh mm-hmm. and going to take too long in this podcast mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> so i grew up with a guy named luke Peavy, who uh, was in my class at st paul's i remember i growing up and uh his older brother is jake Peavy. okay yeah uh, he was a pitcher a cy young award winner for the san diego padres uh in maybe 2007 or something but he got traded. I was sitting in orientation in the library at Tufts, you know, with all the dental residents are there, and they're telling you how to navigate the library and the facilities. And I'm just playing online on ESPN.com, and it says P V <laughs> gets traded to the Red Sox. I was like, Yeah! <laughs> so uh, I got to the privilege of their family inviting me to a lot of the oh no way a lot of the games and World Series and all that stuff. So it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So. I wasn't a huge baseball fan before that, but I became one uh, oh, yeah. for sure in those two years. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. little taste yeah. of home while you're yeah. away in Boston. Yeah, we were big Braves fans growing up. But uh, of course, uh, David uh, Justice, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fred McGriff. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I tell yeah. everybody like the teams. At least it seemed like the only teams in existence when I was a kid: Chicago Bulls, yep, Florida State. Uh, you know, with college, yeah. Dallas Cowboys, and Atlanta Braves. That's right. And now I don't root for, like, any of Neither these teams. <laughs> Sadly, I'm a Dolphins fan now.
2: So. Well, I'm from California, so I'm a Niners, Giants, Warriors. So
1: I didn't exist in that land. Yeah. Like the... Oh, it was Michael Jordan. We got WGN locally here, so we get all the Bulls games mm-hmm. down here. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he was so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so the, the situation with you and Dr. Harvey, I mean, yeah. it it sounds like so simple but you know i mean you kind of in a lot of ways hit the jackpot like that's that's a really cool situation that happened to work out for you was there anything specific just in terms of you know staying in touch communication like a lot of a lot of people i think find that hard to kind of jump out of residency and immediately kind of find an opportunity that's not only going to help you and your foundation and grow, but also be something good for somebody down the road who may want to transition.
1: You know, it's, it sounds like you guys are a great team. We are. I think I got lucky as far as that goes, really, yeah. that two of us uh, are so compatible and we got to know each other a little bit before. Uh, and he knew my dad pretty well. They had worked closely together on the referral network working you know, he had treated a lot of my dad's patients. So I think, uh, from a marriage standpoint, there were a lot of boxes that were already checked. You know, if you meet somebody and you have no idea who they are or what kind of family background they are, I mean, it's probably wise to take a while and get to know them you know, from yeah. a character standpoint and all that. But there were a lot of things that we already knew about each other, and then we're good. And so I think our relationship was able to progress a little faster. Mm. Uh, similarly with my wife. I didn't know my wife growing up, but I knew a lot of her cousins and stuff like that. So uh, there were a lot of, you know, things that are important in a relationship that we already kind of knew about each other, even though we didn't know each other, uh, with, with Dr. Harvey.
2: I'm, I'm uh, curious so. as you were getting into ortho and thinking about going into practice for yourself, did yeah. you have any vision or goal of yeah. like what kind of practice you wanted to build at that time? Like, did you know, coming right out like you wanted to go big and go fast? <laughs> and, and then ah. the follow up to that is when you did partner with, with yeah. Harvey, with Dr. Harvey,
1: like, did
2: he have a different vision for the practice than maybe you had initially?
1: I don't really know what his initial vision was. I kind of had, once I started learning about ortho a little bit when I was in it and um, just kind of just kind of raw you know, business numbers and number of patients and starts and all that stuff, you can kind of do mm-hmm. some raw numbers in your head, almost percentage of overhead, what's industry standard and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of had a number in my head of maybe close to $2 million per doctor uh, you know, in production numbers. And I was like, all right, well, that's, I can have fun. I can treat my patients well. I can serve a lot of people uh, and have a nice lifestyle, uh, you know, looking at, you know, your overhead on that and all that. And so two doctors, that would have been a, you know, a $4 million number. You know, that was probably originally something in my head that was a, a goal um, to have really healthy, healthy practice and a healthy business. That was in a kind of a sweet spot. And so that, I guess that was my initial maybe, kind of thing that we're, so, i was shooting for
2: uh, was there a moment where things changed or did it just kind of per like eventually progress but like where was that shift where you're like man we could we could do this like yeah bigger and and better like was it did you see another practice or did you just start thinking like man we're doing these kind of numbers and i'm seeing this many patients and i'm not burnt out and we can yeah. keep
1: going or like what was that kind of kind of a combination of, of all of those things really i had a a, a great influence i visited uh uh, Todd Bovenizer in North Carolina, mm. um, pretty early on, like maybe 2017, he was a Damon mentor, mm. and uh, so was Dr. Harvey. Dr. Harvey was one of the original Damon guys who stuck with Armco, you know, throughout its inception and and their growth. Uh, and so we would have young docs like myself come into our practice uh, as mentees of Dr. Harvey's, but mm-hmm. uh, I think our rep had recommended, hey, go go visit another you know Damon doc somewhere else, and uh, introduce me to. To Dr. brevenizer in Arcana, and he kind of opened my eyes again to um, s- some more growth and different ways of running the business from a systems standpoint. Just uh, he's very organized and he's a clinical and systems uh, nut in a good way. <laughs> uh, and he did a great job of marketing his practice in the community, uh, a lot like yeah, Dr. Fishman does here. Um, so I learned a lot from him and some of those those visions and kind of dreams and goals started to just evolve a little bit as I learned more about what we could do. And we did kind of reach some of those numbers, and I realized that I wasn't uh, too busy and I wasn't necessarily fulfilled. And kind of like in, in, yeah. in Luke's yellow book, talks about you know, different kinds of personalities. And yeah. we achieve a goal, and we just, you know, I was like, oh, well, let's create another one, you know. Right. Uh, and that's, I guess I found that about myself that, like, the goal is the journey is the fun part. You know, it's not mm-hmm. you know, getting to the top of that mountain is there's no, there's no mountain top uh, high when you get there. It's just really, it's just the relationships and serving and getting better along mm-hmm. the way. Always just trying to get better daily. Yeah. And as if you do that, then I think those goals naturally are going to kind of change. Yeah. yeah. So
0: in terms of, you know, partnership and us linking up, you know, how has hip kind of helped with those goals yeah. that, that you had? What, what's, Ben, you know, just from your side of the story.
1: I think uh, y'all's influence on me has been mindset. Mm. Uh, You know, when I find something that works, I try new things, but, like, (laughs) I like to find something that works well and and go with it. And I was a little reluctant, I would say, with my personality to to change my mindset Mm -hmm. for a long time. Uh, I mean, I found ways to get better in other areas, but I didn't have a total mindset change. And getting to know y'all, uh, I feel like, was a, just kind of an aha moment where I was like, all right, I, this mindset change stuff is cool. I need to get out of my own way, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and from a scheduling and uh, standpoint, from a new patient uh, acquisition standpoint and how we treat those, you know, your shirt says call the leads, you know. I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all that, you know. So I think y'all were in, uh, in you know, a big influence on changing my mindset and that's how uh maybe new goals uh opened up yeah
0: yeah and i mean just kind of briefly for for those who are watching or listening when we first linked up yeah it was in 2019 and certainly i mean we've changed a lot since then we kind of overhauled everything in 2020 yeah you know it long story short it didn't work out in 2019 and would you say a lot of that was mindset from your side and, and just kind of briefly your yeah. your thoughts on that?
1: Mostly mindset, you know, uh, partly uh, just timing. Timing's everything in, yeah. in a lot mm-hmm. in relationships. I feel like you know the Lord puts different people together at different times for different yeah. reasons. but uh, financially uh, probably wasn't the right time for us. and I didn't. Wasn't able to have the mindset change back then, so I probably let being too rigid with finances and all that. Not, you know, um, not allowing ourselves to grow, trying to stick yeah. to certain certain numbers and all that. And I,
0: Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know, you know, from our standpoint and what we started to to see, not only with you guys, yeah. but as we really started to grow, which really was kind of 2018 is when we really started to yeah. grow within orthodontics we started to realize you know with you guys and other practices is a, and we always say it like in the sales pitch you know uh 10% of the partners back then were seeing 90% of the revenue right and we started to scratch our heads and say well why isn't this working for mm-hmm. most practices because you know similar type of practice yeah. leads are pouring in and it would be it would become this conversation of well we don't know where the leads are the leads yeah. are bad our team said they called them was, certainly there were other factors but those were some of the big ones mm-hmm. and so what we started to put together is and realize is a lot of times marketing can just expose problems not fix problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so, what it did for us for sure yeah yeah. So it's like <laughs> I mean, for sure that. yeah we, we started to say how do we zoom out and solve more pieces of the puzzle right. so w- there's actually transparency accountability there's no guessing we right. want to take the guesswork out of it and that's when we really put together and, and developed we had practice beacon as an idea mm-hmm. but we had never had the time to develop it so we developed right. that during covid And then beyond that it's like how do we develop our training and curriculum and harrison's you know been instrumental in coaching and making that training stick in practices um so really just bolstering up the framework because you know it, it i always uh give the analogy it's like trying to catch water in a colander yeah you know when you turn on that faucet it just goes everywhere and so how do we track that whole process Obviously, this time around, we started in February. Yeah, and I, I want to say even it was like February 6th. So onboarding, and then ads went live in March. I want to say early on, we even had to turn it off like over the weekend. <laughs> just like going the bananas. First, the yeah. first
1: week we did it. I think that first weekend we did have to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. we weren't. We didn't. Ha- we didn't have our call center uh, set up yet then. Yeah. and our front desk was just overwhelmed in a good way. But I think a big thing. Is exactly what you're talking about, and Harrison talks. I and mean, some of your talks the journey, the mm-hmm. journey from when a when a new patient mm-hmm. sees or hears your name for the first time to the time they got a warm fanny in the chair and they've signed a contract and they got to get a set of braces on. That journey is a different distance for all different kinds of patients. And what y'all have done an incredible job of is one figuring that out in the first place that there even is a different journey for different people. But two, once you know that. How do you close it and how do you figure out how to walk that person from over mm-hmm. here to Fanny in the chair with braces on? You know, the spoon fed referral from your pediatric dentist is great, but that's a completely different journey than your 28 year old on Instagram <laughs> uh, the night before with a glass of wine or whatever they're drinking. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they want straight teeth and they've been looking at themselves. You know? yeah. And y'all have done an incredible job of, of figuring out how to cater to and how to teach us how to follow up with. That 28 year old, or what you know, the the patient who's not your spoon fed uh, yeah. referral from your dentist. Uh, I
2: remember when I first first came and started working with Luke. You know, obviously at that time, really all I did was was sales calls, right? And yeah. it was like 2020 COVID, where you know we had to make some changes, right? But and that's when Practice Beacon started coming out. And so I remember, like, I'd be bringing on new partners, and I'd start looking in their practice beacon account, and, like, at a, as a sales guy at heart who's just lived in CRM systems my entire life, I remember, like, messaging Luke and Justin. I'm like, dude, like, what what's going on with these, with these leads? Like, nothing's happening. People are just yeah. leaving money on the table, and, like, I wanted to help people, and so that's, I think, where, like, a lot of training calls really started to come around, because I was having, like, a panic attack, like, as a salesperson, just seeing all this revenue sitting on the table. Calling back a day later, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and that's where the light bulb went for me. Obviously, Luke and Justin already had the vision at that point, but for for me, that's when I went, oh, the missing link here is is most orthodontic practices, medical practices in general, they have no idea how to convert, like, cold traffic or somebody who's very very early on in the sales process. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, well, that's kind of what I've done my whole life. You know, Mm -hmm. most of the sales that I've had to do weren't like spoon fed from a pedo. It was like some stranger who clicked on a Facebook ad. Right, We got to go from stranger to relationship.
0: A real sales process. A real sales process.
2: I was like, oh, well, I can actually add some value yeah. here to the partners because this is what I've been doing for 10 years of my life. And then practice speaking came out, and then I was able to see like the holes, and I think that was, at least on, on my side of things in the business, that was definitely a catalyst yeah, to be able to start rolling things well, out like we're doing with We you. and
1: probably most orthos didn't know what a real sales process was, and there's such opportunity when you figure that out. Mm. Uh, and we, we, I think the first time around, you know, the front desk would complain that we'd have a no show and it wouldn't be the you know the type patient that we were looking for and they'd no show and we would call y'all and be like these aren't these are bad leads you yeah. know and yeah. and you're like yeah you know we and we get frustrated at that right. at that time and the second time around we had a mindset change to realize no lead's a bad lead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And y'all taught us that and taught us. Unless they don't have that. teeth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting, even in our business, I tell people, you know, we have the lowest close rate out of anybody. Like, if you look really? at our sales process, yeah. I mean, and, you know.
1: That's because it's hard for orthodontists to have a mindset change. Yeah, and I'll <laughs> uh,
0: you tell people, hey, you know, we, we could label all these orthodontists. Some of them are dentists to bad leads. Yeah. The reality is, is we'll get people on three, four years later because we just keep following up and then we'll do business together and it's a wild success. That's kind of unheard of in orthodontics or even a business where there's a really short sales process Mm -hmm. and traditionally um, through referral networks, it it also caters to a very short sales process and kind of layups, you know, like Mm – Hey, my, my dad's a pediatric dentist. <laughs> he says little Johnny needs to start orthodontic treatment. Yeah. And he literally handed me a card and said, call them, you know, this week. Mm-hmm. That's great. But you know, we were talking about the growth in the industry and and this mm-hmm. is speculated, but I've done a lot of research. I've even bought data mm-hmm. that says orthodontics in the US right now is about three and a half billion. By 2030, it'll be about 10 billion. A lot of this growth is going to be the types of leads we're talking about. Exactly. And so if practices are not ready for that, they're not going to reap the reward. In fact, I kind of think the average practice may decline in Ooh. revenue because the majority leading the wave is adults and mm-hmm. how do adults behave? We have Uber, DoorDash, Exactly. Amazon, you know, Prime, you know, all these yeah. things that's now. Um, And so I always tell people, we're never going to change consumer behavior, but we can change what we do Mm -hmm. to offer that great experience. Um, And, you know, like, I don't know about you, but every day I look at my phone, I've got like five or 10 missed calls. I just noticed they're red numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. in recent. I rarely check my voicemails like once a week. I'll get your voicemails full. I'll go in and just delete some random ones. And now I I find myself not even responding to some text messages. Mm-hmm. And so my whole point is there's a lot of noise. If we're not doing the best we can to stand out, um, to show them that we're different, whoever the prospect is, for right. us, it's orthodontist and dentist. For you, it's somebody looking for braces, aligners, what have you, a perfect smile.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We've got to stand out from all the noise, you know, because right. the choices are I mean, there's more and more orthodontists in residencies. Now there's more and more corporate players, DSOs, OSOs, right. uh, these DIYers, which, you know, <laughs> end up being terrible. But there's there's more and more options. Right. And so, you know, I, I really think it's going to be the people who do adopt this mindset and realize, hey, we do need to change. We do need to grow. Um, and that really starts with ourselves, you know?
1: If you look at... Our gauge numbers with our growth over the last what has it been four or five months that we've been yeah. with you guys doing this? The, the huge difference is number of adult starts. Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's a, and it's young adults. You know our child starts. I mean they're up, yeah. but the percentage of adults is just. It's, I mean we may have, I'd have to look into it again. but Maybe triple the number of adult starts, and that's huge too because. You know, we don't like attracting a lot of bicuspids. To, to successfully do that, you've got to treat early, you know. Uh, so we treat a lot of kids, especially with our pediatric relationship. Um, so we're still getting all those. But when you do that, your average case fee per start is going to be watered down a little bit uh, when you compare it to your total starts because you got a lot of phase ones. Mm. Uh, but what's interesting to see with working with HIP, our average case, not only is our total, have our total starts doubled, uh, but our average case fee has gone up a lot because it's it's full start case fees because it's mostly adults, mm. so that's that's huge too. So it's not just start numbers, but it's it's value per start. Yeah, uh, which is a huge thing for that growth too. So you
2: may you may have more attrition, mm. meaning mm-hmm. no shows, for example, yeah. from the young adults. Sure, but overall, it's actually better for the business, oh, yeah. increasing overall case fee. And I think I think about me and Luke's journey. You know, Luke just finished treatment. I'm in treatment. I hate
0: to admit that I was in treatment because my teeth don't look perfect. (laughs) That's my fault. That's my fault. And
2: to make make a parallel, his shirt says, call the leads. The orthodontist would say, just wear your freaking aligners. Luke Luke didn't do that. But point being, like, as let's just say young adults, or we are kind of the the growing segment in orthodontics, Mm -hmm. like neither one of us, and I think I can speak for you here, neither one of us just woke up one day and said, I'm going to straighten my teeth today. Right. There was, there was a thought process behind that. There Mm -hmm. was a journey. I can speak personally. I thought, I thought about going into treatment Mm -hmm. again for a year and a half and mind you, I've got what 250 friends that are orthodontists that could Mm -hmm. put braces on me at any time. And so when we hear about the bad leads, the no shows, this person wasn't serious. Well, like, would you want, me and Luke to be a patient of yours. Like we're, we're qualified to do it, right? Mm -hmm. We're serious to do it. The journey to get there was just different than if I'm with my mom and my mom says, it's time to go see Dr. Carter. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think one of the things too, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's not a lot of talk about this in dental school or residencies. Zero. And that's kind of become a passion of ours. I think last year, well, last year combined with uh, this year, we've probably spoken at about eight or so. Eight or wow. nine. We started working with our first residency program as a partner. So yeah. we're running ads for them, uh, Seton Hill. Cool. And we just had our two-week check-in call, which I was on yesterday, and there's 32 exams scheduled. Uh, people were just starting to come in because they were booked out. But yeah. it looks like it's going to be really successful. And the, the really neat thing is we're presenting once a month to their residents and really talking business mm-hmm. and even the talks we go to where you know it's like a 45 minute lunch and learn people are just like oh yeah. i mean we oh, got to have you guys sure back up. Yeah. Yeah. you got to come a, yeah. a couple times a year yeah. um you know we're handing the books out and so we're we're really trying to educate and deliver to make people aware of what they need to get ready for yeah because otherwise, I mean, we, we'll see people come out of residency and it's like, yeah, residency, bought a practice, have all the latest tech, and I have $5,000 left <laughs> to market this thing right. and have it grow, you well,
1: know? Who and, told you to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so. Uh, this, would, this would be huge for a startup. Yeah. 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 Uh, so getting, getting foot traffic early. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. And I mean, some of the people who have done it the right way, like Dr. Connect and some of these startups yeah. we've seen, they just. It's it's incredible to see. So
2: But you think about the mindset, right? Yeah. Like the mindset being let's let's take the practice, right? Oh, this is an adult that no showed or oh, this person's gonna have three or four consults and need to think about it. So they're not a good leader, they're not mm-hmm. an ideal person. Well, building off what Luke just said with a residency program, right? If we're talking about a captive audience, like can we actually do business with somebody in residency right now? No we can't, right? Mm. Just like the adult patient that maybe is just starting to see what's out there and just go get a consult. Can you really do business with them right here, right now? Maybe. But what are we doing is we're planting seeds and building a pipeline. We're building a web of connections um, and and the ability to start fostering relationships. So when the timing is right, when Luke does wake up and say, it's time to straighten my teeth, who is he going to remember? Right. When the resident does get out of school and they do get open their own practice, who are they going to remember? Mm-hmm. The, pe- the person who's like, oh, no, we can't do business with you right now or the person that built those seeds. And that's how I think about whether it be digital marketing or adult patients or no shows. I would love those things. Right. That's an opportunity where I know 99 percent of the practices are going to kick that person of the curb. Bad lead waste opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's that's a captive audience that we can take care of and nurture, which clearly you guys have been doing extremely well.
1: To dig into mindset more and like personalities, a lot of doctors, I said get out get in my own way earlier. Yeah, a lot of doctors. I mean, number one, sin probably is pride, right? And so, like, and offendability offendability is a cool thing that like my wife and I have been working on the last few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did I feel when that bad lead? They showed me. I mm. wasted my time. I'm important, and they wasted my time. Mm. Yeah, that's was, that was like natural human gut reaction. Yeah, but if you can just flip that and get over yourself mm. and say that doesn't offend me, nothing offends me. You know, let's let's keep dripping. They're gonna show up. They'll show up one day if they want to straighten their teeth. That's they might see it on Instagram seven more times or whatever. But don't let silly things like that offend us. And that's you know? a beautiful opportunity, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Say, say well, that's, that person, how mi- that's a mindset change. Right. right. Yeah. 10%.
2: build on that even more, right? Yeah. Say this person that you're talking about that wasted your time, blah, blah, right. blah. Maybe they went and had two or three consults at another practice. Yeah. How many times do we get asked, you know, when should we dismiss this patient and never let them right. back into our practice? Yeah. We get this question all the time. Yeah. So if I know that that's the thinking pattern of the typical practice of we're looking how to kick this person out and never let them back in – and you have this shift in thinking of, uh, no, they didn't waste my time, right? Let's remember right. who the possible customer is here. And they call back two other offices and they say, oh no, sorry, you can't come back in, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to pay a you know a hundred dollar cancellation fee. Mm. And then they call you back and you're like, sure, yeah, man, come yeah. on in, can't whenever wait to
1: see you. Whenever you're ready, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right yeah. down the road, in the in the moment, yeah. maybe it's a waste of time or feels yeah. that way, but down the road it ends up paying dividends. Exactly. You know, what was it? Was it March, I think, was a huge month for us? March? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to put a bow on that, right? Like we had this huge month, probably one of our biggest month of sales in March. March and May. March and May. But when we go, when I go look at the people that we brought on in March and May, half of those people were people that have been in our web or been in our pipeline for a year, two years, three years. And guess what? Almost all of them... Have no showed me, yeah. missed an appointment, didn't text me back, whatever the case may be, all the bad lead stuff, but we had the mindset, no big deal. Who's the possible customer? Not a waste of time. All good. Continue to nurture the relationship, and that ends up yielding fruit down the road. Exactly.
0: It's like you said, timing. Yeah. Timing you know, timing. Just is everything, yeah. Be patient, have humility. Right. You know, let go of your ego. Exactly. It's gonna be okay.
1: We doctors are not that important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they, they want to get their teeth straight, they, they may come back one day. And if they don't, so be it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like, you know, we were chatting earlier and, and we were saying, you know, we even know practices who, you know, may do like 1.5 and take yeah. home still really high. They yeah. have a great life. I think what's really cool for, for the people who have a great mindset, what we see is whether they're that 1.5 and take home's really high margins are great. Or it's the practice like you guys, where really in a lot of ways you're just getting started because there's yeah. all this rebirth and new ideas and yeah. new energy. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you could be the thirty million dollar practice or the one point five with a great mindset. You're, you're. It's about that journey. It's yeah. about the growth, whether the type of avatar or business you want to be. Right. Um, versus, we see people sometimes with negative mindsets and. They're never
1: happy. No matter what type they are. Yeah, Yeah. never happy.
0: I mean, one time we ran into somebody who had a ton of practices. I think it was like a $100 million type of operation. Just negative mindset and not happy at all. Mm -hmm. Everything's going wrong. And so I think that that's really important to focus on is like check yourself first. Work on yourself. And then the things around you will start to really take shape, Mm. you know?
1: Amen, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. I I feel like when we first met in 19, I was in a tougher place, you know, know, my mom was dying and all this stuff, and I wasn't focusing on like this personal growth stuff that we're talking about now from Mm. a physical and spiritual and and everything, Mm -hmm. and how that relates to your business. Uh, And it's huge. Uh, If you just have fun and have a positive outlook on life in general, especially in your business, possibilities are, are so much greater. Yeah. Uh, Not just financial, but, uh, I mean, that hundred million dollar practice, if you're not happy, what's it all for? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. If you're not serving people positively, then what's it all for? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So to, to kind of go back to your goals and, and hip and some of the success, you know, we were looking in practice beacon and I think there's over 160 people who have started since, really March when ads went live there's hundreds of people in the pipeline getting nurtured yeah um and I was I was doing some math and I think the the return on investment total is over a thousand percent
1: I was about to say I want to hear this yeah yeah it's over a thousand percent
0: (laughs) obviously we're looking at production patient value which you know is over 24 months but Um, yeah, over a 1,000%. And so, I mean, we're really excited. And, yeah. I mean, just to see also there's so much more potential. Yeah. You know, what can we do together as partners? It's going to be really cool to see.
1: The more we grow, I think the more more we can do. It's just going to yeah. snowball. I mean, I've heard other marketing firms that we've worked with try to quote those ROI mm-hmm. numbers. And I'm like, yeah, you said it was you know, some great ROI, something, you know, 50x or, or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. 10x, 50x, 1,000x, whatever yeah. you say it was. But our production's the same it was last year, we're mm-hmm. growing at a, a good rate, but like no different than before we had you guys or what you know.
2: Right.
1: Uh, not y'all, but other firms. And so I'm like, was the r- return really that? Yeah. But it it is with y'all <laughs> because we've more than doubled our business in six months. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that's because of y'all. Uh, we were growing about 15%, 20%, but now we're growing at 150%. Yeah. I remember talking to you. We were texting
2: uh, late one evening, Yeah, um, and it was, like, kind of that April-May April, April May time where a lot of people, like, started out the year strong, yeah. and then, like, April-May kind of went through the toilet, and then you're texting me saying, like, dude, we're having, like, record April, record May. Yeah. <laughs> you know
1: April's our second month with y'all and it was our biggest month in the history of the practice wow by far yeah
0: yeah and i mean again the timing thing you guys started at a really good yeah. part yeah. because you didn't you didn't wait until later in the year when difficult months happen so you already yeah. had all that momentum right so yeah we're we're super excited to kind of see see the possibilities Anything else you want to share just in terms of the growth story and mindset, that shift? Anything you think that maybe you didn't hit on that maybe somebody needs to hear?
1: I mean, I think one of the biggest things is one, the mindset and willing to stick with a marketing firm early on. Mm. You know, we were with y'all and we left you guys pretty early before we probably even gave you a chance back in 2019. But, like, when you start getting, bad lead, quote, bad leads, somebody no-shows you, you know, you know, have the just humility and undefinability to just stick with it and not care about that no-show.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and know that over time uh, you'll have enough good leads, uh, or, or a bad lead might turn into a good lead, right? You know, there are no bad leads, right? So have enough of those over time to have, have true growth. Um, goals, uh, I don't know. world domination (laughs) well to Uh, your point too you know
0: i always try to look at other industries yeah because i think we can put on blinders and again as orthodontists we get used to well it's always been this way and you know no shows are always low because of referrals and When we start to look at other things, let's just take sports, mm-hmm. for example. You know, like back in the day, I was a huge Brett Favre fan. I loved yeah, watching him yeah. play. Never root, rooted for his teams, but, yeah. I mean, he was a great player. Yeah. I'd have to look at the stats, but I'm pretty sure he threw more interceptions yeah. than anybody, anybody else. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, he also had more touchdowns. Right. You know, you hear about Babe Ruth, and it's like he struck out all the time. Right. But then he hit all these home runs. Right. You know, um, so I I think there's a correlation where, you know, imagine being in that position in the stress. You're Mm. Brett Favre getting ready for game day, Super Bowl playoffs, whatever. They knew it was was a numbers game. And Mm. so what I look at is, you know, the law of averages, how do I just get more at bats if I know I have a good mindset, if I know I've instilled in my team, they know the goal, they're bought in you know regardless of today may like for instance the past 2 weeks for us haven't been good with setting appointments like mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of appointments but we're going to keep doing the the things that we know are going to work right and it's all there's ebbs and flows to everything and so you know i i see a lot of people like you're saying they just get so disappointed and man no shows yeah, this no, week no show. yeah right, it was right. just insane and it's like hey trust the process mm-hmm why did you start this to begin with stay committed and it's gonna work like if there's proof that it's worked in other practices and other industries and you know we know sales and we know consumers it's the same thing with like an athlete like brett Favre or babe ruth it's like let's go back to the form you know i think it was uh vince lombardi is that how you say his name lombardi when they would lose he would literally go all the way back to the basics and say, hey, this here's a football. This is a football. We're going <laughs> to go back to the <laughs> fundamentals. All right. And that's really what we try and focus on is let's just focus on the fundamentals. Right. The
1: fundamentals, man. Orthodontists, I think by nature, our brains mm-hmm. are little, little mechanical engineers, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, super focused on, oh, man, our collections rate being 99% and our conversion rate being whatever... 200%. <laughs> yeah, our conversion rate is 100%. And so we put ourselves in these little statistical boxes saying we've got to be awesome compared to all these industry standards. I'm not sure he set those up, but I think we don't focus on the at-bats as much. We focus mm. on having a, you know, the numbers all being right from a percentage standpoint. And I don't think Brett Favre was ever worried about his completion percentage. He was a gamer. Yeah, he was going out right. there trying to win, trying to score points, and he didn't care what happened. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't care about that no show. Yeah. But to be, right. To become an orthodontist, though, yeah. right? Like there is so much
2: competition, and yeah. you have to fit into this mold. And if mm-hmm. you don't do it this way, you might not get licensed, or you might not get into a program. Precision. So, precision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, if he's listening, you know, Doc- Dr. Jacobs, Brad Jacobs, out in Chattanooga, he he kind of put that into perspective for me mm-hmm. when we were working his his consult process. You know, he had a very long consult and explained all the x-rays and everything yeah and and i just said hey that
1: was important talking about right
2: i said well brad dr jacobs you know think think about when you first met hip right like we talked on a call like i didn't get into how to build an audience in facebook ads manager and how to write code Mm -hmm. to build a website i said we're gonna do some marketing we got a software we're gonna train your team does that make sense and he's like well to shed some light on. And he goes in residency, our whole time in residency is defending what we're doing mm-hmm. and why we're doing it. Oh yeah. And so we don't really think when we get out of residency and we're just talking to Luke or we, Harrison we or mom. we doing what
1: we're doing. Exactly. We yeah. don't even know what's <laughs> going on. I never thought about that until you just said that.
2: Yeah. And he kind of had yeah. this light bulb and then it gave me a yeah. light bulb too. I was like, Oh, well, I didn't know Maybe that. Maybe we how you... should
1: do it differently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I'd like to talk to him. That's uh, I've never put that together, but that probably is why. Yeah. I'll
2: give you his number. He's a yeah. super cool dude.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, there cool and
0: about. there's so many parallels to that. Like you know, we do marketing. If you go look at uh, marketing in school, it's mm-hmm. like Madison Fifth Avenue type of stuff. And then yeah. when you get out, it's totally flipped. And now it's like AI and yeah. there's, and the learning curve. It's just so different from education. Sure, there's the principles are the same. Conception, yeah. creativity. Um, you know, branding. There's a lot of foundations that are similar, but you've gotta adapt if yeah. you wanna be relevant. Um, and so that's what I think is so cool about your story yeah. is you guys have figured that out. Yeah. You know, you're still like like I said, I think early on and in a We're lot of ways you're, to it out. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. getting started. There's yeah. so much growth and you guys are in a great area. There's so yeah. many so much momentum that you guys yeah. have. So well,
1: thank you. you y'all, y'all are a huge part to it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think Harrison, you called me on a, on a Friday morning at 11 o'clock or something. We talked for two hours one day. <laughs> I was like, does Luke know you're doing this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's our little secret. <laughs>
2: uh, I yeah. found an old phone uh, yeah. number and I'm just working it. No, that's not how it was. And it's I not, think
0: uh, uh, Kyle Sparkman kind of helped yeah. bridge it and, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I a little bit. I suspected that, and, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. Kyle's
1: awesome. We've become close friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah he's great. He's doing so. some cool
1: stuff up in Amarillo with, uh,
0: well, awesome. Hey, yeah. I really appreciate you coming, yeah, telling just, your story. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if if somebody is listening and maybe they're watching, listening, they want to know more, contact you directly if that's okay. Yeah. How,
1: how should they do that? My email is Thomas at email. Like you said, we're just a little seed just getting watered right now. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to be amazing yeah. to see, and, you know, specifically over the next decade. I mean, that, yeah. that's our goal is, you know, we want to partner with you guys long term, and so – yeah. Just looking at the growth that you guys are set up for, and and other partners as well, it's it's going to be awesome. Well, thanks, so. I'm
1: excited. I wasn't aware of what you said. You've read about and purchased some some data on yeah. over the next you know five or ten years. What ortho's is going to do? Yeah. That should be great for the whole industry and all of us. Yeah,
2: the future is going to be adults. Yeah. yeah, it really is, yeah. and adults are going to no show more. So, yeah. if you can't figure out how to adopt for that. You might get left in the dust. Yeah.
0: We'll yeah. see. It's, it's definitely bright for you guys. Yeah, so thanks. thanks. Yeah, y'all do. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about HIP or any of the topics in this episode, send an email to hello at hipcreativeinc.com. That's hello at H-I-P creative dot com, or jump over to our website at hip.agency.